0: that you're here, and uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, um, I'm actually going to begin in Romans chapter 1, verse 12, Um, actually, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, um, is where I will kind of start. We will be in Colossians chapter number 2 for the most part, but I am going to start in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 22. Francis Schaeffer wrote this, and I thought it was interesting what he wrote, especially as we come to this portion of Colossians chapter number 2. Francis Schaeffer wrote, man cannot begin with himself and arrive at ultimate reality. Man cannot begin with himself and arrive at ultimate reality, and what truth there is to that Paul himself writing to the church at Rome wrote something very similar in this letter and in Romans chapter 1 beginning in verse 21 I want you to notice what he wrote he said for even though they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks But they became futile and their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And then notice what he says next, professing to be wise, they became what? Fools. You know, the psalmist even wrote, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You know what's interesting? You go out on the internet, I know none of y'all go to the internet, do you? How many of y'all use Google ah you bunch okay whether you you know whether you raise your hand like I do okay or not God already knows that you use Google and Bing and Doc and all of those other ones and how many of you okay go out to Google just knowing that Google is going to tell you the truth (laughs) here's an interesting here's an interesting search to put in is Jesus Christ real? Just put that in across the platforms. What is interesting is what it returns. I mean, you find it from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. Matter of fact, all the way from, no, he never existed, there's no secular evidence for him at all, all the way to the truth that we have in the gospel of who Jesus Christ is. And it's, it, it goes across that spectrum is it interesting what Paul wrote here in Romans chapter 1? Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. You know, what's interesting to me is this time of the year, boy, I tell you what, it's amazing to me that all of a sudden the number of people that become Christians, they start singing all the Christmas carols. And I'm talking about the what we would refer to as religious Christmas carols, okay, and never have anything to do with God throughout the whole year, but they do at Christmas time. Why is that? I mean, why, why, why does that happen? Why is that the case? They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So, when we consider the magnitude of this time of the year and what this time of the year is about, we come together to worship the birth of the King, of the Christ, of the Christ child, of this one that the angel Gabriel told Mary and told Joseph his name would be called Jesus, the two he is. The one that we gather here in this place to worship and to honor week after week but let me ask you a question today as you think about this year and consider this time of the year what does it really mean to you you know by eliminating God in his revelation modern philosophy has thrown man into the emptiness of ignorant darkness and despair hopelessness let's go back to Colossians and look and as Paul continues to write and I thought how appropriate and how fitting that we find this passage for today and I know you know the majority of messages are going to surround the birth all of those things that took place with Mary and Joseph the night that the angel Gabriel came to Mary and disclosed all of this to Mary and how Mary pondered all of these things and she kept them in her heart. Mary, highly favored of God, is going to give birth to a child. This infant that would be born in the city of Bethlehem prophesied by Micah the prophet himself in Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2. That this child would be born in Bethlehem Ephrathah spoken of by Isaiah the prophet, this one that would come, that would be born. So Mary would give birth to this child. Then of course there was Joseph. The angel as he appeared to Joseph as well to begin to disclose to Joseph that it's okay with what's happening and taking place with Mary. Joseph coming to understand the significance what was going to occur with Mary and all of this surrounding the very plan and the will of God himself of which you and I in this place and as we come to this time of the year we celebrate all of this as fact because let me share something with you today it is fact you say well brother Robert how do you know it's fact because God said it that's why and oh, by the way, we also have secular evidence today that even verifies and affirms for us the birth of this one Jesus in the city of Bethlehem. So does it go without secular affirmation for who he is? But let me share something with you today. God doesn't need secular affirmation. He doesn't need it. Paul writing to the church at Colossae, dealing with false teachers and, and philosophers wrote, beginning in verse 8 of Colossians chapter number 2. And here's what I want to do. I want to read all of, all of the rest of Colossians chapter 2 to you this morning because verse 8 through verse 23 through the end of chapter number 2 is referred to as the heart of Paul's letter to the church. This is the heart of the letter, from verse 8 all the way through verse 23. And so notice as he writes, and I think we need to go through and read all of this in one portion. And here's what he wrote. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. According to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all of the fullness of the Godhead or of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. And I I want you to notice that statement. In him you've been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. And the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And oh, by the way, Paul wrote an entire chapter dealing with that subject in Romans chapter number 6. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all, Our transgressions, having canceled out their certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink, Or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which were a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Verse 18 Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head. "...from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with the growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with use?" In accordance with the commandments and teachings of men, these are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self made religion and self abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this letter. Paul wrote to the church at Colossae to warn them to be on guard. And Father, if it was an issue during this church's day and during Paul's day, Father, how much more of an issue it would be today. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would use this this morning May your word accomplish what you intend for it to. I pray that the Holy Spirit would go before us and prepare the way for us this morning. Father, speak to our hearts as only you can. Father, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen. You see, the major false teaching that was taking place Colossae was that Jesus Christ was neither God nor the source of all truth and that was what they were being confronted with. You know what's interesting to me today is we've got access to more knowledge than we have ever had in the history of mankind. Matter of fact it's at our fingertips. I mean I can remember the day when I was younger okay when I was starting out in my career in and I'm one of those computer guys. I'm one of those techie guys, okay? And, and matter of fact, I love technology. I love computers. I, I love to watch them as they interact with each other. I love software. I love all of those things, okay? And some of y'all are shaking your head going, now we know what's wrong with you, okay? <laughs> because you like all of that stuff. But one of the things that, that I think about is, in the days that I was starting out, how many of y'all know what key punch cards are? Anybody? How many of you have no idea what a key punch card is? You know, those, those cards that are about that long, okay? They're about that wide. And this key punch machine goes through and it punches all of these little chits out of them. You remember those? Huh? I wish I had a nickel for every one of those cards that I'd ever key punched, okay? Because the way we used to program and run programs through the machine was with these IBM key punch cards. I mean boxes of them, okay? Matter of fact, one program for us to run could take up three to five to six boxes with 500 cards per box just to get a report out of the machine. You key punched every bit of that. You set at that IBM, key punch it, and guess what? No, by the way, at 3.30 in the morning, if something didn't run right, one of the cards was not just correct, they'd call you on the phone and say, what do you want us to do with it? Go back there and key punch a new card and stick in there. Technology then was still limited. And my dear friend, what amazes me today, we have access to more. Listen, your cell phone that you have in your hand, okay, you've got more power on that cell phone, more storage on that cell phone, then when I worked during the days of the Honeywell 6,000 and the 6,600, and we had 451 disc packs that contained 200,000 little links in each one of these disc packs, they had these sleeves that went down and had 12-inch platters in them, and only one of them would hold maybe, maybe um, one one-thousandth of what you can hold on your phone. And the processing power of your phone, okay, today is just unheard of. But why is it that it seems like the more we think that we achieve in knowledge today that we move further away from God? I will tell you why. It's exactly what Paul is talking about here. Look back at verse number 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. It's interesting that he uses kind of a... A soldier, an army, a war type illustration here, because what he's saying is See to it that no one carries you off as the spoil of war. Can it happen? Well, I mean look at all of of the information that we have access to today when it comes to who jesus christ is there there is there there is such a varied Amount of information out there. And what's amazing to me is those today who say, well, you know, they got a point there. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's not enough evidence out there as to who. Yeah, maybe he is just this man named Jesus. Yeah, maybe he was a baby born in Bethlehem. But is he really, in fact, God in the flesh? That's the issue. Is he God in the flesh? You see, Paul begins with the contrast between the deficiency of philosophy and the sufficiency of Christ. Is Jesus Christ all-sufficient? He is. Is philosophy deficient? It is. Philosophy comes as that desire to, to have wisdom and to know more wisdom and to have wisdom as a part of our life. But you have to be careful with this wisdom as well. There's a worldly wisdom and then there's a godly wisdom. Where's our wisdom? What wisdom do we draw from? Is philosophy all bad? No, it's not. Do we utilize philosophy? We do. But it has its place. My concern today is whether or not Jesus Christ is all sufficient. And what's really scary to me today is they're even beginning to question within side of evangelical circles if in fact the Bible, the word of God, is all sufficient for the life that we live in today. God help us if we're at that point. Is the word of God all sufficient? It is. Is Jesus Christ all sufficient? He is. But Paul goes on to say so. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men. And that's a statement within itself. Just because something is handed down from the tradition of men does not make it true. Where do we draw our truth from? That's that's the question that we need to understand and arrive at today. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 And Paul speaking as he makes his farewell address to the church at Ephesus as he's getting ready to depart and I want you to notice what Paul writes beginning in verse 29 Acts chapter 20 verse 29 I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. I want you to notice, where were they going to come from? From within side of your own, from your own men, to draw away the disciples after them. Now notice verse 31. Therefore be on the alert. Remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all of those who are sanctified. Well, you don't have to turn far. Go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 2. Paul dealt with this even at the church at Philippi, from the church at Ephesus to the church at Colossae to the church at Philippi. Look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 2. One of the things that Paul wrote, again to another church Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1, and notice what Paul writes. He said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Verse 2, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. Just beware. You see that? Beware of the false teaching. Beware of the false philosophy that is there. Just beware of it. And then let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Peter writing concerning the same subject, 2 Peter chapter 3, or uh, chapter 1, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3, And verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 1. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. False teaching. False teachers. Vain or empty philosophy. Philosophy that moves you away from the things of God to the things of the world. Is there a push today? Is there a fight today? There is. There's more being written today concerning the subject of Jesus Christ, and are you ready for this, and his deity and who he is? Because I will tell you this this morning, if you can get any doubt that Jesus Christ is not God in the flesh, then what do you have? That emptiness, that that empty philosophy that comes from the world, You know, just because people have believed something and handed it down through the years does not make it true. The Apostle Paul wrote about this very subject in his letter to the church at Corinth where he said, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's foolishness to the world. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? It's amazing to me. I was sharing this earlier this morning. It's interesting to me. Anybody heard of this thing called dark energy? How many have heard of dark energy? Okay. If you have not heard of it, that is in astrophysics today, it's interesting to, to, to read about this. One of the things that the science community is, is beginning to write about is a lot of the data that is coming back from the Hubble telescope, they're beginning to notice that based on the scientific models that they used to hold to, that the, that the universe, the galaxies seem to be expanding at a faster rate than what they thought they were. And as compared to dark energy, they're saying this about it. They're saying, it doesn't make sense to us. There must be something else involved in the process that's causing this to occur. Because we can't explain it scientifically. My dear friend, you can explain it scientifically. There's only one way you're going to explain it, and that's by God himself. Be on guard against philosophy. Be on guard against that deceit that comes from the world to draw you away from the things of God. We need to be careful today and understand that the word of God is (laughs) all-sufficient. Jesus Christ is all-sufficient. What else do you need? We come back to verse 9 of Colossians chapter 2. For in him, all of the fullness, all of the fullness of the Godhead or deity dwells in bodily form. This verse is probably the most definitive passage concerning the deity of Christ in the epistles. It is specific. Paul writes to make sure that there is no question about who Jesus Christ is. As one writer says, as a result of the fall, man is spiritually incomplete and out of fellowship with God. But that does not negate nor change the fact of who he is. As a result of the fall, that relationship between God and man was broken and as a result of it being broken and the more knowledge that we have today in the philosophy of the world as it begins to envelop what happens is we're pushed even into a darker place today verse 10 of chapter 2 and in him You've been made complete. In who? Him. Who is the him? The antecedent of the pronoun him there is Jesus Christ. In him you've been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. It doesn't get any plainer than that. It's who he is. It's not for us. It's not for us to determine... And let me just share this with you this morning. It really doesn't make any difference what you believe about him. It does not change the fact of who he is. So, what happens? We're complete in him. How does that happen? Well, at salvation, a believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature of God and is complete. Peter wrote about that. About the divine nature and the, and the promises of God himself. And see, as a believer, we become a partaker of those divine promises. Let me share something we did this morning. I was not saved based upon emotion. I was not saved based upon feeling. I was saved based upon the very promise of God himself. Understanding and realizing that I'm a sinner and before a holy God, I stand condemned. Matter of fact, I was condemned already. But in Jesus Christ, all is sufficient. In Jesus Christ, I stand complete today. And then believers are spiritually, uh, spiritually complete because they have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. When I stand before the throne of God, when I come, as the book of Hebrews writes, as I come with boldness or with confidence to the throne of grace, I don't come with inside of my own merit. And I'm going to tell you something, as I've considered this year, and, and as I've gone and studied and just looked at all of the things surrounding the birth of Christ, and, and just all of the the world was changing at that point the world was going through a significant change and the world, only a, only a handful knew that it was coming and could see it. Those that were going to be a part of it. Imagine being Mary and Joseph at that moment in time. And who Jesus Christ, this one that was going to be born, this one that would be all sufficient, that in him we would be complete today. My dear friend, listen to me. Our hearts ought to overflow with gratitude and thankfulness, just as Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. When we consider who we are in him, Paul said our heart ought to overflow with gratitude. Because if it were not for his birth, and his death, and his resurrection, my dear friend, you and I would have no hope today. Absolutely none. What concerns me today is the number of people that are walking around with just this sense of hopelessness. And let me share something with you. I was stunned this past week on some information that I received, listening to some things that are going on culturally. I knew it was there, but I did not realize that it was at the magnitude that it is. I have never seen a day when people are taking their lives at a greater and more alarming rate today than we have ever seen in the history of man. And we have access to more knowledge and information today, and it's sure not helping. Why? You will not, You listen, you will not find purpose. You will not find a sense of hope. You will not find a sense of contentment apart from that one that was born in the manger in Bethlehem. You will not find it. I'll tell you why, because there is none. You can, you can try to hold on to all that the world has to offer you, but you're going to come up empty at the end. For the false teachers to maintain that those who were made complete in Christ still lacked anything... It's absolutely ridiculous. My dear friend, I will share something with you today. I don't lack anything. It's not about what the world has to offer or what the world has to give. It's all about him. You know, we say Christmas, the reason for the season. It's Jesus Christ. The reason that we celebrate Christmas is Jesus Christ. My dear friend, it's more than just celebrating this time of the year with one called Jesus Christ. I have a question for you. Do you know him personally? Is this time of the year a special time for you? When you consider your own heart and life, do you know him Do you know the one that was born in Bethlehem? Do you know the one that was born in the manger? Do you know the one that came to die for you? Do you understand and realize it is your sin that held him there on that cross? Every individual has a choice. Whether to follow this worldly wisdom. Or to follow Jesus Christ. So Paul gave the true and lasting antidote to all false teaching. And here it is. And here's what Paul basically said in a summary statement. All fullness is in Christ. And you have been made full in him. That's what he's saying. All fullness is in Christ. And you've been made full In who? In Him. So I have a simple question to close the message this morning. Why then? Why then would you ever need anything else? Why then would you ever need anything else but Him? Little babe born in a manger. Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, I can only imagine what it must have been like at the foot of the cross when Jesus was hanging there. Mary watching her own son suffer all the humiliation and the shame and the ridicule. And she was there at the foot of the cross I've often wondered I wonder what the angel told her before that day came and then to see the empty tomb to see the resurrection I don't know about you but I'm longing for the day when I'll get to meet him face-to-face this christmas season may it be a joyful rejoicing time with a heart of gratitude why because we stand complete in him as paul said amen let's bow our heads together father we thank you for your word father it's truth Father, penned by over 40 different authors over a period of 1,600-plus years, and it all contains a, a central theme. And that's Jesus Christ. Father, how in the world could something To the academic minds of the world that we live in today. Father, I thank you that the wisdom of the world has been moved aside. And it's through the foolishness of preaching and the preaching of the cross. Whereby men's lives are changed. Father, I thank you for that, that night in Bethlehem. Father, when you took on flesh and dwelt among us, Father, I thank you for the resurrection. If it would have been simply a birth, we would have no hope. If death would have been the end at the cross, we would have no hope. But, Father, we thank you for the power of the resurrection. And, Father, I pray for everyone that's in this building today that as we come face to face with the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is, Father, I pray in their own heart today that they know, they know for sure who Jesus Christ is, and they stand complete in him today. Father, I pray for that one that may be listening this morning online or may be here in this building that only knows of him by name. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would allow them to see the truth of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. May they see their sinful condition before a holy God. And the only way that that can be made complete is through Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that today would be the day that they would choose to follow Christ. And Father, whatever else may be on the hearts of those who are here today from becoming a part of the fellowship here at Ascension, of just following you and calling in their life. Father, may we be obedient to whatever it may be. May you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise for everything that's accomplished here today. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come lead us. The hymn of invitation this morning, and as he does, if God has spoken to your heart this morning, whatever it may be for salvation, maybe for church membership, for whatever, I'd be glad to meet you at the front this morning as Brother Red leads us as we sing together today.
1: Just as I am without one, please. But that thy blood was shed for me, And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. But, O Lamb of God, I come,
2: I come. As we come to the time of giving, I just want to remind you, if you have gift cards, if you got the email and you have gift cards and you don't know what to do with it, put it in the offering plate and we'll get it taken care of just you know we have so much to be thankful for right Christ gave us everything and so we just come to this time where we can give back to him just a small portion of what he's given us so let's pray father we thank you just for your love God that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and while we were alienated and separated from you you sent your son the ultimate gift to reconcile us to yourself So God, we thank you for that. God, we pray that our tithes and our offerings would be a blessing to you, God, that you would use them to further your kingdom. God, that you would use them to make the gospel go forth from these walls and that through them people may come to know you. God, we trust that you can do this, not because of what we give, but because of who you are. And so we just ask that you bless this time let it be worshipful to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: ask you to stand together with me. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Let me just say this part to uh, each of you. Um, I think I turned the switch back on. Can you hear me now? Okay. I just want to say from my heart to each of you who have uh, given, uh, we appreciate all the gift cards that have come in. Uh, We have a lot of them. Thank you. Uh, We will be mailing them to Trace Creek Baptist Church. Uh, on Monday, uh, of which they will be greatly uh, used and appreciated. But thank you for your heart, okay, and your giving. And uh, I trust you have a wonderful afternoon. Don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, be a special time here uh, as we celebrate together through singing and uh, through just a presentation of the gospel message in song. So I would encourage you to be back for that tonight. Let's bow our heads. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Hope you have a wonderful week, all right? Wonderful week. Remembering what it's all about. Father, we thank you. We love you. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have just to serve you. Thank you for your great love for us. Dismiss us now with your love may we share it with those that we come in contact with may they see you in all that we do we ask all this in jesus name and for his sake Amen. amen